Got a special treat for you today. I was recently introduced to a coach, Dave Schwenderman, uh, and we randomly just had a conversation and recorded it. We didn't know what we were going to talk about, and we ended up putting together some cool stuff about coaching and confidence building and everything in between. So I'd like to introduce you to Dave and let you in on our little talk. This is Brojo Online. Masculinity, confidence, and integrity with Dan Monroe. Mid-morning here, so I got the coffee, kids are at school, everything's... All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah, no, I'm, uh, I'm evening now. Just yeah, that's funny, right? Yeah. I had a UK guy, I think we would meet, I had, I had one or two clients over there, and we'd meet at like 6 a.m. my time on a Saturday and 3 p.m. his time. Yeah, so, yeah. It can be pretty brutal, I think. Uh, <laughs> right. U.S., Canada, they've always been the tough ones, you know? Right, yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's, it's a weird lifestyle we've got, man. It's great though, right? I mean, I ah, just I wish for more. Like, I worked for four hours yesterday and it was exhausting and but that was it like i joke with i joke with my accountant when he asks me like how much i work to try and figure out like salary and stuff and i mm. tell him like it's god it's maybe 20 hours a week maybe like on a busy week is what i what i put in you know it's, nice. it's just unreal what we get to do so yeah yeah well that was actually um was it angie that put me on to you angie mcquillan yeah yeah, I think it would have been, and I think you know Rod as a guy who used to. Um, yeah, what does he call himself? Rod. Yeah, something. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Brazilian dude. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, we just started. We just started working together, so I think we have our first session next week. Excellent. Yeah, excellent. That's funny. Yeah. That's funny. It's all connected that way. I didn't know you knew Rod. That's great. Yeah, we uh, we met in New Zealand like back when he was just getting started in the whole self development thing. I think in New Zealand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's cool. We were both there at the time. That was quite a few years ago now. Just for work? Or were you living there? No, well, that was my that was my home country. Czech's my oh, new good. home, Czech Republic. Oh, okay. But um, I'm born and raised in New Zealand, and he was there on holiday or something, and joined my little brojo crew for a while. Um, that's fantastic. Yeah, he, he was cool. He went from like totally struggling to now coaching, you know? Yeah. Oh, that's that so full great. Arc. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And I got a sense from uh, both Angie and him that they both found you really helpful. Oh, you cool. Know, what they're working on. So well, it's always flattering to hear that. Yeah. I'm funny. sure you've earned it, bro. Yeah. <laughs> well, tell me. So, New Zealand and then UK, you were coaching in New Zealand and then moved. Now, where do you live? So now I'm in Czech Republic. So okay. my, my my girlfriend seduced me over here. And, uh, <laughs> plus, like the cost of living's like nothing, so it really helps with this really? kind of business, you know. Yeah. And um, yeah, and it's just I don't know. It was a big uh, personal growth challenge presented to me to move over here, and I've been kind of complacent for a little while. I think so. Okay. It was a good move, but yeah. So I did. I've been here about two years and rest of my life in New Zealand, not including travel, you know. Wow. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Is there a language barrier there? I don't I know so little about the rest of the world. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh yeah. short answer, yes. And uh, I mean there's some English speaking here. Uh, enough okay. to like uh get by, but like where I'm living, small town. 
Yeah. Uh, there's there's a lot of non English speakers, and Czech is a fucking hard language. <laughs> so different to English in every possible way. It's oh God, like an alien weird. language. Um, <laughs> so yeah, more more growth opportunities as we yeah. call it. Yeah. I prefer to call them. <laughs> yeah. And the ability to learn new hand signals and body language to try and communicate with everybody. <laughs> yeah. A lot of like whose line is it anyway type shit going on, you know. Um lots lots of miming, which works. Uh it's amazing actually. A little discovery so that you don't really need to know many words to be able to like communicate. Right. Don't have the option, you know. Oh, it's so great. Yeah. I love it. And they got a very friendly it. attitude here, they make it easy. They're good? That's cool. If they know you, yeah. Yeah. If they don't, <laughs> it's like the thing. <laughs> That's yeah. fun. <laughs> no, it was Japan was the same way when I was there. I hadn't been in such a, and they were so friendly and tried so hard. But yeah, I got good at like I'd walk in. I went to the same Starbucks every morning. And I'd walk in and they would just give me a menu with pictures on it, and I could point yeah. to whatever I wanted and then get close enough on the language to order a drink. It was fun, but yeah, it's so good. It, it was um fact that reminds me like when in New Zealand you know it's this huge multicultural like just people from all over the world there, right. and um I know it's it's particularly tough for Asian people who don't speak English like right. people don't have much patience just particularly for them there's a bit of racism in New Zealand you know and it's, <laughs> right. it's kind of like what you call like mild racism it's like they have less patience for them yeah um, <laughs> and you always see them sort of stuttering and stumbling and. And eventually they get nervous and just start saying yes to everything. <laughs> you know? And now I'm doing that here. Like I'm that guy now. I'm the Asian here. Just say yes know? to everything. Because <laughs> once I once they realize I can't speak, they just for some reason talk faster. And I'm just like, right. oh, I'm just gonna start saying yes until it's possible. <laughs> 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 to be that guy. That's amazing. Mm. <laughs> All sorts of opportunities I'm sure come from that. When you agree to things you don't know you're agreeing to. Yeah. absolutely yeah I'm, i've probably signed up for all sorts of shit that i don't even know about you know <laughs> but uh no they love it because not many people come here to learn like there's like four visas a year issued for people who want to stay for long term you know from really? new zealand to check so it's like a treat for them everybody leaves check they don't come in you know right, right. um for no particular reason just uh seeking financial opportunities maybe it's yeah. kind of a poorer country right but um so for them, it's a thrill that somebody's actually trying to learn their language and stuff. They take it as like a great compliment. They're trying to yeah. prove to me that it's awesome here, you know. <laughs> I love it. So it's just true. take advantage of that sort of thing. It's quite good. Yeah. I used to fantasize about that. I forget what coach. I think it was Jacob Sokol, I think. Mm -hmm. He was my ex-coach. Oh, really? Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah. I followed him early on when I started coaching. Like I got, he did, uh, I still have it on my computer here uh like something for 4x your practice or something where he interviewed a bunch of different coaches and i just loved those videos just ate them up and mm. at some point i heard him talking about living overseas and how much cheaper it was and how that could totally work for getting a business started and i thought i had never considered that and what a good idea to do like because i i live in a very expensive part of the u.s and so while i make good money i never feel like i do you know it's mm. just Cost of living here is insane. Where about uh, I'm in Bend, Oregon. Oh, so I'm okay. in Oregon, on the West Coast, and Bend is 
I think it's ranked, it's in one of the top 10 cities to live in in the country. So everyone's been moving here from California and all over the, all over the country. Everyone's coming in, which is cool because they bring a lot of money, but the housing costs have just gone. Like mm. if you look at the charts, it's insane what, what's been happening. I think my old condo appreciated either 80 or $100,000 in a year. Like it just went through the roof. Um, so it's a crazy, it's a crazy place to live. It's like, there's a lot of young people that are going to school and then working service jobs because we got some of the best skiing in the world here. So they go yep. all winter. And then the other half is all retired people. So you see right. like everyone drives a Tesla. Everyone lives in this, in these mansions up on, up in the hills. And, uh, but there's nothing in between. Like mm-hmm. the income gap I think is the biggest in the country between like the average person and then the wealthy in this town. So it's a really interesting dynamic. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've, actually, I've, I've traveled uh, all around the states except I haven't been. Oh, have I been to Oregon? I did like forty states, and I lost track of yeah. like which ones exactly. Some of them I just drove straight through, you know. Right, right. But, um, yeah, it's where are we in relation to Colorado with Oregon? We are west of Colorado, like straight okay. west. Yeah, like hitting the coast is that far. Yeah, Oregon, Oregon touches the coast. Yeah, I, I think I've been there because I went all up the west coast. But yeah, interesting. Yeah. Well, that, I, I mean, that was a, when I moved to Czech, I noticed that was my business. Like just yeah. costs came down. Everything else stayed the same. Suddenly I'm yeah. like, oh, I can breathe, you know? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. To, like, yeah. like <laughs> strain as much and like right. I'm able to cover both me and my partner. She sort of helped right. me rather than working. And um, cool. yeah, That's that was, whereas in New Zealand, like we both had to bust our ass. New Zealand, right. like Auckland is yeah. very very high cost of living like right rent and food and stuff just yeah like that's exactly it yeah <laughs> oh yeah gas over out of the out of the u.s i forget how lucky we are oh, thirty dollars to fill my car instead of a hundred dollars yeah yeah no it's uh it's it's a lot <laughs> so funny. was that me well no that was me i'm just gonna turn it off yeah yeah Cool. Well, so what did Angie, I know Angie just wanted us to meet. How did you, how did you guys connect? Uh, I've been coaching her for years. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I've been, I first coached her, uh, kind of like personal coaching on okay. relationship confidence and stuff. And then she started becoming really confident and then she wanted to become a coach. And so I kind of trained her up on that. Cool. And, um, now she's, she's going well which is great to see. Like it. Yeah. I mean, even from when I first met her till now, it seems like things have just been exploding for her. Yeah. Yeah. She's, uh, she puts in the work, you know, she's, yeah. she's really earned it. Um, but she mentioned in particular, she did some sort of call with you or something and she wanted me to ask you about, it's like a game you made up or something. Oh yeah. We can talk about that. Yeah. 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 So she's, she thought it was brilliant. Um, and I'm always, of course, I'm always keen to learn stuff and cool. share whatever I can share as well. Um, but I've definitely on top of that, like whenever someone like Angie points me to a person, I'm really interested in, um, just meeting them. And also, cause I'm always on the lookout for like people I can do a, my podcast, like have on my show, um, and people that I can do like videos. I'm doing a lot of content creation at the moment. I like to share other people around and that yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. thing. So yeah. always keen to, to have a look at that and got so many of our, uh, well, I do none of my own content. Crossed. I, love, yeah. I love being on the podcast. Like it's always mm-hmm. fun to do that stuff. Um, 
Yeah, do you want me to share the game? It was kind of, it was a, it's been taking off. Like this game we started has been, yes. like, it's, I keep, I love talking to my two partners I did it with because it was just on a whim for us. And now we've got pods of people like, like Rod reached out because he heard about it through another client of mine who heard about it from, you know, like just, it just keeps the ripples from this thing in the coaching. Mm. It's been going like crazy for, you know, I haven't, I've been out, I started the thing for, maybe three and a half, four years ago is when we did it. And it's oh, just wow. been going since then, like on its own. So it's been pretty incredible. But, so uh, cool when you make up something like that, right? Yeah. And it was literally created in an elevator as I was leaving a conference with a, with a buddy. We said, hey, what if we, and then that, it started this thing that defined my entire coaching practice and has been the, the topic of a, a five-day intensive we did in Chicago, Illinois. And like, it mm-hmm. just ongoing it's been it's been incredible so never i'd never had any plan for that we just made it up because we were sick of doing things the other way um, yeah well, i'm always keen to hear about that i mean i do things a range of ways i'm a, like when you say 20 hours a week a little bit of envy comes through there a little bit of, of envy yeah but well, that being I, said i probably spend 10 to 15 hours a week doing content creation which is kind of oh, like right. a secondary part of my job so i'm not just coaching or finding clients so i'd say if i just did coaching it'd actually be pretty similar but yeah i'd love to hear more about your game man definitely cool so do you know rich litvin Mm -hmm. so i i got roped in right i started coaching right in like the near the end of 2014 Uh i had i'd done i've done all these corporate jobs um my own i've owned six businesses and like the through line from when i was a kid till now was I was good at selling myself, but not um, good. I couldn't always deliver. Like the business side was, mm. was rough. So I, but I ended up in sales in insurance, ended up training insurance agents all over the Northwest of, of the, of the U S here on sales and did well at it and thought, God, I can do this on my own. Like I was hitting a ceiling corporate wise. Like I wasn't getting more money. I was kind of tired of it. So I decided to start coaching. And right when I started Rich Litvin invited a bunch of people, he said accidentally, into his 90-day money game. And so mm-hmm. I went into that game on Facebook, played it. I think I made $60,000 in proposals and signed zero clients. Like, I got nothing out of it. It was really hard. I was like, what the fuck am I doing? I was, like, making proposals all the time, and everyone was saying no. Yeah. Um, so I, I – joined Steve Chandler's um, advanced client systems, like that six month program he has. And at the time, I think I had, I had three clients that I'd carried over from when I first decided to be a coach at $10 a session that they were paying me. And that's, that was my entire practice. Um, And so I show up to Steve's thing and I go through for six months and it was amazing. And then I signed up for another six months and I hired, I uh, came on as Steve's apprentice for a year. So I apprenticed under him for a year. And during that, that apprenticeship, uh, I met this guy, Gary Mahler, who's, who's fantastic. He's my coach now. Mm. Um, but I got to be close friends and we were, we were leaving one of Steve's events and riding in this elevator. And Gary said, Dave, do you want to play the 90 day money game again? Just like just you and me. And I said, man, I fucking hated that game. Like it did not go well for me. And it was just not a good experience either. I felt like I was I felt like I was the worst version of me in sales when I was doing that game, trying to just push those proposals out. And I said, I don't want to do that. And, and Steve is all about 
how do we serve more powerfully? How do we impact more lives? That kind of thing. And I said, and, and I said, I really like what Steve taught us. And, and then Gary had the idea. He said, well, what if we do a 90 day game, but instead of a money game, we do a service game where we mm. just for 90 days, just see how much impact we can have on other people's lives. And then the, the, we'll, we'll look at the money, but the money's not going to be the focus. We're just going to play this game. And I, I said, that, that's something I can get behind. And then we decided to bring in a third person. We felt like if it was just two of us, it wouldn't be enough support to really keep it going. And both of us had met a woman, Melissa Black Ford, who was an incredible coach. She'd been coaching like 15 years, hadn't really gotten traction with it yet. I think Melissa's story is the most she'd ever made was like 54, 55,000 in a year um, mm. coaching. She was good, but was really having trouble getting it off the ground and wasn't totally bought into the service idea, but, but powerful woman. We both connected with her. So we invited her in and, uh, and so you want to play this game with us. And she was said she was on board and we just kind of, it really was just organic. We just kind of started, we knew the through line was service. We were just going to serve. We weren't going to focus on money. We were going to see what we could create. And then Melissa had the idea that, that one of the things that stops us from serving powerfully is whatever fears we're carrying with us. So all of us have fears in coaching and we were really open with each other. And, and my fear um, that finally isn't having as big a grip as it did was I would hear clients tell me a story that I knew was kind of bullshit or like it wasn't really the truth, but I was really scared to call it out in a strong way because mm. I was worried upset or I would get it wrong and be like embarrassed that I was like being a powerful coach but not really because I was just I was totally off base with it and and um, so and Gary's fear was that people wouldn't like him um, he's really guy who's really big on on having everyone like him and Melissa's fear was that she'd continue to not make money and that if she did it this she played this game full out she'd really serve people but no one would hire her so we all kind of laid our fears on the table and then made an agreement that we were going to help each other play the game without letting our fears interfere with us as we, as we serve. So I had to call clients out on stories, even if I thought I was wrong, even if they got offended, whatever. And I had Melissa and Gary to kind of back me up and support me through that. And Gary was going to not be liked and Melissa was going to, was going to play without worrying that she wouldn't make money. Um, and we just started a Facebook group, like the three of us on a little thread, like on messenger and mm -hmm. just started playing and like every two weeks we'd get on the phone together for maybe like an hour and a half in the morning because Melissa was Chicago time and Gary and I were both he's in Vancouver BC so we were both on the west coast and I would just put in my earbuds and, and go for a walk outside we would just share like what's working what's not how's it going um and in that we basically made it for 90 days in case we didn't want to keep playing it and we could stop and have an end point but in that 90 days I think Gary made like $60,000. Melissa made $150,000 in 90 days. She booked herself up with so many clients. She was putting in like 18 hour days trying to coach them all. And so she actually got overwhelmed by it. Um, I didn't make any money. Again, I made $100 in, in the 90 days. Uh, but I loved how I felt. Like I could feel like I was on the right track. Mm. And it was great because at the end of the 90 days, Melissa and I were we're talking, I live in a, I live by a national park. So I was out walking in the woods, talking to Melissa and, and I said, I can't figure out what the fuck I'm doing wrong. Like it's been another, like, I just cannot get this business off the ground. Um, I'm apprenticing with Chandler. It's not working. Like, and, and part of the deal was we just had so much trust and we were committed to serving each other as well. And, and so 
Melissa called out in me that I was still too focused on making money. So I wasn't actually serving. I was, I was giving and then waiting to get back all the time. And, and so when it wasn't coming, it was, it was fucking up the, I wasn't, I wasn't fully committed to doing this. And so then I decided, I told her, I made a commitment to her in the woods that I was going to never make money as a coach. I was going to go totally broke. I was going to lose my house and my family. And, but I was going to serve. And I said, I'm going to be the fucking mother Teresa of coaching. Like I'm never going to get anything, but I'm just going to spend the rest of my time. I love coaching that much. And I just made that commitment. And I think, and we, we decided to re-up the game. We decided to play for another 90 days. And as we re-upped it, and I started playing from this new place of just full on serving. I think I signed 20 clients in that, in that time and made like all of a sudden my bank account filled and they had all this money. And, and then it got, I kind of like, I kind of got it. And, and it's still been ups and downs since then, but that, that when it goes down, I, I now know what to look for. Where in my life am I not serving? And, and so we played it, we played the game for maybe a year and a half straight, just kept 90 days, 90 days, 90 days. Um, and during that time, the success we had, Steve and I were coaching and Steve was also coaching Melissa and Gary. And so he heard what we were doing and had us come and start giving talks on it at his events and other coaches started to play with different levels of success, but, but it was really popular as a different way to go about it. And, and yeah, now sitting here today, like that's entirely what I do. And that game is like what kicked it all off. So that was it. Yeah. You know, I love that. Cause I did the, uh, the money game as well. And, uh, well, I didn't, I, I wasn't really strict with it. It was kind of a pseudo version. I kind of was a, uh, kind of had it in mind. Yeah. I didn't do the big grids and like, yeah, the dollar. right. Right. Lots of proposals. And it was, it was very low to zero results in terms of yeah. finances, but I, yeah. I, it's funny because I've come to a very similar conclusion with years, which is when my bank account's low, it's because yeah. I've become focused on money. Yeah. And, and when I'm just like, fuck this, I'm like, I did a thing like, I'll die trying sort of thing. Yeah. To, to yeah. Surfing. Yeah. Uh, and when I do that, sometimes it's almost like, I'm, I'm a very like scientific atheist type person, but sometimes yeah. I'm like, this is weird. I'm like, <laughs> I just right. changed my mind. I'm like, okay, I'm going to be of service. And then people are like, oh, here's some money now. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so I'm like, nah, get the fuck out. That must be crazy. It's exactly how it works. It's so weird. And it's, it's often exactly. like not even the person I'm trying to serve. No, like, just some that's the crazy part, right? Work, you know, like yeah. you're watching from like a spy cam or something. It's like, oh, now he's ready, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, but I've never had the kind of, the kind of financial success that, that you guys are talking about. And I've always wondered why, so like I do all right with yeah. coaching, but it's like uh like it's not like a blowout like I've seen some people yeah. have. It's more like drips in a bucket that increase each year. So like yeah. every year is usually better than the last year, but not much and definitely not like, okay, I can just like there's tons of money in the bank account. It's always like right. the end of the month I'm like, yeah, I need to find some more clients, sort of thing. Right. So I've always wondered what I'm doing differently because each each day I basically look for people to serve and come up with a way to serve them. And that's kind of like a big chunk of my day. And then I go off and do the other stuff, content right. creation and fucking around. Right. So what's the, what, how's that different to what you're doing? I think there's a, there's a turning point with my clients where we, because I focus on money. 
number one, when I'm coaching people, like that's my favorite thing to do. Um, what I find with a lot of my clients is first we start out with the basics. Like how do you have a conversation? How do you write an email? How do you bring someone in to the coaching? And then after that, it gets to be, there's little ways that we kind of break the process of enrolling so that the client isn't signing on. So I, I don't, I don't think I can just, I can't blanket answer that, but, mm. but things I see, or I guess things for me. So in, I'll just tell my story. And, and so I'm playing this service game. My practice blows up. I'm now in June of the year that I'm apprenticing with Steve and I'm back to no, cl- not no clients. I'm, I have maybe three or four clients, but I'm back to no money. Mm. Like the bank's drained again. And I can't figure it out. And I'm really frustrated. And I reach out to Steve and I say, I'm going to be your only apprentice who's ever failed because like I broke, we're halfway through. Like, I don't know what, I don't know what's what I'm doing wrong, but I can't figure this out. And he said, fly to Michigan, which is where he was living. He said, we'll do a full day together and we'll either fix this or we'll find you a job. And he was, I love about Steve. He didn't need me to be a coach. He could just, he was just going to help me get out of this rut. Mm. So I flew again and as we talked and I shared he said okay here's what happened is you started out super on the sales side of things you were selling like crazy no one wants to hire you then you swing over to the service side like the pendulum swings to the other side and right as it passed through the middle you signed a shitload of clients but then you started serving so much and sales fell back out of your practice and so now you're not asking for you're not not asking for the money but you're not like telling someone they need to hire you is what it was. I wasn't, he goes, I want you to bring sales back in. And he goes, you'll never be back to that side. Like that's not an option for you anymore. You'll never, you'll never go back there. And, but you've gone too far on the service side. And that was the key that helped me stay centered. So now when I, when I look at the bank, it's, I don't, I I look at the bank account and I, I, and I see this with a lot of my clients where they're serving, they think they're serving, but there's that fear of, if I tell someone they need to hire me, that's not service. That's me trying to get money or they get caught up with like, there's some money piece in their head that is stopping them from doing it. So one thing I'm good at now is, is I ask for the money. I ask for a lot of it and I coach the client on how they're going to get it. I, I, um, this is one of the things Angie and I worked on was, when a client says they can't afford it, how I, I love that response because that's mm. a coaching opportunity for me not to get money, but the biggest service I can offer someone is to take that excuse off the table so that they never believe that's a problem anymore. Um, that's part of it. And then just like I have, I take on 15 clients at a time. I have 13 right now. And ev- every day those clients are my world. And I just, I mean, I give everything to them. Like I just find ways to help them. Um, And what serving did for me was I have service above all else. So if I ever see an opportunity to help somebody, I go for it. Like Mm. I was talking to a woman the other day who wants, I used to own a supplement store, nutritional supplements last year. And I met a woman at my CrossFit gym who was thinking about opening one. She mentioned it. And I said, if you're thinking about that, we need to talk because I've owned one. I made a lot of mistakes and I can coach you on how to do it right. Like it doesn't, I have no fear about telling someone we need to talk. I have no fear about, we sat down, we talked for an hour. Um, I said, her and her husband, I said, if you guys do this, you'll need a coach and I'm happy to be that person. So we should talk again about what it looks like to work with me. Like there's just this level of, of confidence that comes out without me needing to manufacture it. I know I can help them. I know they need me. And I know that 
I'm going to serve the shit out of them whether or not they hire me. I don't care if they hire me. What I care is I'm going to tell the truth no matter what. Mm-hmm. And, and that allows me to just, and Gary does the same thing. The reason I'm working with Gary, $52,000 for this year, is he called me one day and said, Dave, I need to talk to you about something. And I, I always listen when I, Gary trusts him so much. And he said, you don't know how to live. Your, your life is not what it could be. And I can help you with that, but you're going to need to commit to a year with me. And I just said, great, I'm in. Like, I just knew like the way he said it, like I just knew, I didn't know how much it cost. He didn't tell me that. He didn't tell me that till I made a down payment and was two months in. And then uh-huh. he says, by the way, it's 52,000. You've paid 2,500. So now we're at, we're at $50,500 left that you need to create this year. And here's how you're going to pay me. And I just, okay. And then I said, I don't know how to find, I don't know. I don't have the money. And he goes, we'll figure it out. And then I started looking at different accounts and I found a way to hobble it together. If I sell a house, cash out retirement, like if I cash out a bunch of stuff and sell property, I can get the money. So, but Gary had no hesitation to tell me it's time and you need to hire me and and let's do this. So I think that's something that, that I do well, that Gary does well. Melissa's amazing at it. Um, That helps us get that, to get that to flow in. And in my mind, that is the ultimate service is to say that to somebody. And I'm going to do an audio because Angie and I talked a lot about this. I make little audios when I see themes popping up across different clients. I make audios and then share them out there. But, but there's a way that I handle the money and the client enrollment that I'm learning from my, my 10 years in sales is different than how most coaches do it. Um, and when I partnered that with service, it allows me to very powerfully enroll I signed two clients just yesterday, one for both of them for a year, one at 37,000 and one is going to be 3,500. So one of them's a, a client who's worked with me for like a year and a half. Um, piano instructor. We took him from making a hundred thousand a year to 300,000 a year teaching piano and consulting other studios on how to, how to enroll like he does using my coaching enrollment for his client enrollment. Uh, yeah. um, and, but he's stuck. He kind of hit this 300 K life's not that different. He's still got the same old shit going on in his head. And so I told him, I just, we've been talking for like a year and a half. And and finally I said, Daniel, we need to talk again. Um, You're at a point where you need to work with me if life's going to be different. If you're okay with life remaining as it is, that's cool. But, uh, but it sounds shitty to me. I wouldn't want to live your life and we can make it different. So if you want, if you're up for it, let's talk and we'll start something new. We had two conversations and the second one was yesterday and, and he, by the end of it, was talking about our year together and we're, we're going to talk on Friday about the money and how that all works. And, and uh, mm. same thing with my client, John, who I coached for just two months back in 2017 on his business, he's a home inspector, coached him for two months on his business and uh, he made an extra $85,000 that year. So his business blew up just using, again, the sales stuff that I, that I know, how to serve people that can hire him in a way that make him come back and refer and, and really love him. Um, and then I reached out at the, at the end of last year and said, should we talk about goals for 2019? Would that be helpful? He said it was. My secret agenda was I knew through a social network I have that his wife had been cheating on him and his marriage wasn't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. And, I knew that John's life was going to be falling apart very soon if we didn't do something. So mm. I kind of tricked him into getting together to talk about financial goals for 2019 and said, tell me about the rest of life. And he started to share some of these things. And I said, cool. So if we work together, it'll be a year long project and we're going to fix all of this. We're going to, you're, we're going to upgrade you as a man 
to where your wife wouldn't dream of cheating on you. You're going to decide if you want to stay with her or not. And you're going to make shitloads of money where it's going to be a side effect of everything else we're going to do. And he just said, I'm in. And then we started working together. So there's something in that, like just my vision for the client is so clear and strong that I just tell them what we're going to do together and that they need to hire me if they want that to happen. But not in a rich litvin like powerful coaching conversation way. It's, it's just pure, like, what can I say to this person that would help them the most in this moment? Is, is it what I feel like it's mm. hard to define. No, I can see, I can see a lot of the things that we do the same. Mm-hmm. Um, like I'd say my strength is just ruthless honesty. Yeah. In the way I coach people, like I'm happy for them to hate me kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I found that it's most, I, I, I consider coaching to be mostly calling out bullshit. You know, yeah. it's yep. the person's already strong. They just, they just need to yeah. see it sort of thing. Um, there's a couple of key differences that I'm quite inspired by when I hear you. One is that uh, the idea of like working together for a whole year, I've, yeah. I've really lately been just thinking like this because mine tend to be about three months. Oh, okay. Um, and some people like expand out and it ends up being a year. We just keep adding yeah. on and adding on. And I'm starting to see now, actually, if I really want someone to go from like zero to hero, I, I need a longer period of time. Like yeah. I can set a foundation in three months, but to see them like, holy shit, I fucking love myself. That's, that's yeah. Good. yeah. So I've started thinking a lot more about that, which would also mean asking for a substantial uh, increase in what I usually um, ask right. for payment. I think Angie mentioned you also sometimes slide the scale depending on the person's oh, situation, which isn't something yeah. I do, but I'm now open to. Yeah. Um, so that, and then also I think it's not so much that I'm hesitant, but when somebody says, when somebody's sort of on the fence, maybe about working with me, I'm like, the ball's in your court. Like I don't mm-hmm. chase very much. Um, I do sometimes uh, be more like, dude, we need to work together. Like this is just yeah. ridiculous. And I'm not saying it, yeah. I'm saying it for you sort of thing. Um, yeah. Like tell me no so that I can like, yeah. go to sleep and know that I yeah. didn't let you down sort of thing. But I could do that. I could do that twice as much as I do it now. I think. Yeah. I think half the time I, I back down from that. So yeah, it's, it's quite, uh, it's quite inspiring because I like, it's one of those things where I'm like, I'm doing, I know I'm doing, a lot of things yeah, right. Sure. The feedback tells me that. Yeah. Um, but there's like there's some X factor that has a lot of significance, some small right. tweak. Um, I look at it like golf. I, I tell my clients often, I say at first, like I was talking to some, the guys that actually make this mug, it's a crazy, amazing coffee mug and, and I'm coaching the company on it. It's a bunch of engineers. And we just had a call yesterday and they said, what are we doing wrong? It's been a month. They're still not seeing sales jump up like they wanted. And I said, you're not doing anything wrong. Like, you guys came to me wanting to learn how to golf and didn't know how to hold a club. So we spent the first month just teaching you how to grip the club, how to swing the club, how to not whiff the ball. Now you're hitting the ball off the tee, but it's flying off into the woods and it's going other places. I said, now we're going to start finessing. We're going to start working on how do you face the club head? Are you looking in the right place? Like, and that's where the huge results come from, but it won't feel like huge shifts inside of you. And that's what I see with a lot of my clients is there's these little subtle things that if we change them, like, like they're using, I just got an email from one of them. I said, forward me all your communication. And I can see in the subject line of his email is why it's not getting opened or why it's not. Right, being read. Yeah. 
too. There's something, and it's not even, I can't, there's, and this is where I just have learned to accept, like I'm good at sales. Like I'm good at language when it comes to, especially email communication. There's something in there that I can't tell him why, but I know when I read that subject line, it turns me off. And that means it's turning off the other clients. And so what I'm going to do is I'm just going to tweak it and say, from now on, label it this, and then the email will get open. And I can't even break down for them why I'm doing what I'm doing, but I bring playfulness into it. I bring power at the same time. Like when those two combine, things get really good. But uh, you're right. Like most coaches, I don't, I never set out to coach other coaches. Maybe a third of my practice is coaches, but yeah, I was going to ask actually. Yeah. It's it's not, I mean, I'm looking at my, I got my client list right here. I always keep it on my wall, but I've got one, two, uh, three, four, five coaches. Mm. Six. Okay. So six out of 13. So about half right now. Yeah. But, um, they, it's because of that enrollment piece. Like that's where I really work with I, the coaches that come to me. I don't, I don't try to teach them how to coach better. They end up getting better because the enrollment has to be powerful to get where they want to go. So they have to learn how to do that a bit differently, but I have to trust they know how to coach already. I'm not going to teach you. I'm not going to give you, I'm not, I can't take you from zero to, to being a good coach, but I can help you once you're there to, to get the clients to experience you in a way that they'll hire you. Like that's where, that's where I like to, to focus. And then yeah. the rest of the clients are me doing the deep coaching that I love to do. So I get to have this neat mix of the, of the two of them. Well, that's the same thing I've been doing. starting to mix it up a little bit now, you know, um, I'd say only, yeah, about 20% of my clients, uh, at most would be other coaches, but, um, it's a different type of work. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, cause I've got like gift coaches now. I've got a very specific niche of other people I work with, which is the people pleasers. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's my thing. And I, I, I yeah. dive like, that's sort of like care about, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. I'm addicted. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah I, I, I honestly just, my, my marketing, I don't have a website. I don't you update my, my Facebook keeps reminding me I haven't posted anything in a year. Right, my yeah. business page. Like I'm just the work I'm doing now. It's amazing. I've got my, I keep one notebook from my, from my coach. And when we were in Japan, I planned out my year financially where I just wrote down every single client I want to sign or I think could sign and how much it'll be and what the program will be. And then that just lives. It's like a living document. But from the time I was in Japan two weeks ago till now, um, probably five or six names have come off that list because they've become clients. Like I just don't, I don't do anything but that. And then if I'm not on this call with you, I'm, either looking for someone to serve, serving an existing client or doing my internal work of forgiving judgment, forgiving judgment of others. Like that for me has been such a crazy opening. You talk about how you serve one person and somebody random comes in. When, mm. uh, when I do we, what Gary taught me starting when we first started our work was the idea of ho'oponopono, that Hawaiian phrase of, of mm-hmm. thank you, sorry, please forgive me. I love you. And I do that on every judgment I can find in my life about myself or anybody else. Why, especially around clients, if I'm meeting with someone and I'm scared that, that they won't want to hire me, I do ho'oponopono on them not hiring me. Right. Yeah. So much space that, uh, as I do that on this list, um, I'd say at least half the list is already signed on and the other half hasn't yet because I haven't even reached out to them. Like I've got a $50,000 client on there that I haven't even emailed yet. And I'm going to email him today is the day I'm emailing him to say, 
let's set up a call because I think I, I can help you with something. And, and I've just been doing that work on why he won't need me, why he won't want me, why he won't think this is valuable, like all that, all that shit. And when I work through that, I find the call ends up or the email will end up landing perfectly and we'll get on the phone and then I'll create $50,000. So it's been, yeah. So any content created, I share freely. Like I never copyrighted yeah. anything. I give it away and I tell my clients to give it away. Rod was just asking if he could recreate one of my audios. I was like, it's all free. Like I've never made money off it. I never want to. Steve really taught me that. Steve said, mm -hmm. give away everything you make. You can't help but get paid back. It just yep. is impossible to not get paid back for it. And uh, even Steve said he's written 37 books and he goes, I make more off one client in a month than I make off all the royalties from all of my books. And so his books are literally just giant business cards that he hands out to people and, and then lets them hire him. As an author, I can attest to that. I like <laughs> I don't yeah. anything from my books, but uh, yeah, yeah, they. I pay for my own book and then I mail it out to people. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. I pay for Amazon to ship me my book, yeah. and then I write a little note inside, and then I pay for the shipping to ship it out to the client. Um, oh, so and so yeah. yeah, and yeah. I do that. Yeah, I mean that's the content creation side of things for me. It's like my obsession. I just make videos every day. I do my podcast. Yeah. I just cool. have like so much stuff in my head I have to get out. Yeah. I get schizophrenic or something. I love and it. I just let people do whatever they want with it, you know. Totally. That's I do that's, actually that's, I, I do too. have an exclusive range of content uh for Brojo members. Okay. So I've actually created a membership system because it's kind of like a separate business, Brojo. For sure. Like a self development community and Yeah. Um, but even that I'm I'm always sort of for me, I don't make any money from it. So it just covers yeah. costs usually, yeah. website costs. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then from there, I find clients and stuff. So. Yeah, perfect. That's, I, I've loved your, uh, I love the way you kind of call the shot and you just go direct. Yeah. You know, like I want to coach that person and that's how yeah. you speak to them. You know, like, yes. I want to coach you. Like, don't yes. fart around like, oh, you know, what, what's been going on in your world? It's like, dude, yeah. I know what's been going on in your world. Yeah. <laughs> your wife's cheating on you. We need to fucking talk. Yeah. That's I it. love that. I really, love, I think that is a much, like out of all the, oh God, I find the coaching groups and stuff online to be, uh, unbearable, actually. I just troll on them. I can't, I can't stand them anymore. I should, I need to get off because it's a distraction, but yeah, I have they're, just they're painful. Comments. You know, that how they sort of, they kind of like, uh, they try to hide their money neediness behind some sort of weird altruistic <laughs> spiritual yeah. thing. It just, it makes me want to throw up, you know, and, yeah, it's tough. and the way they're just like, yeah, I don't know. I just like the way you're just much more real about it. Like yeah. You don't have to pretend. And yeah, um, I think there's so many coaches out there that are like tiptoeing yes. where they need to be like running into it, you know, yes. and, yeah, it's funny, really from my, my personal life, I, I got divorced a year and a half ago, almost. Mm. Um, and dating again, I'm 38, got mm. married when I was, met my wife when I was 24. So 14 years with this one person. At the time I met her, you know, I'm young, look good as a bodybuilder. I'm like this big guy, all the confidence in the world. And I divorce. I lost all my hair. I'm 38 years old. I have two kids. Financially, I was wrecked because as I got divorced, I also lost my supplement store. That went under. And I had uh, I ruptured a disc in my back. So I had back surgery. So my body went to shit. 
Mm. So a lot of stuff happened and I'm trying to get out in the world and, and meet women. And, uh, I started, I realized that the way I was approaching dating was the same way I was approaching coaching and it was hurting me. And so I said, fuck it. Like I'm going to work on me, but I'm going to be as authentically, honestly me as I possibly can in all areas of my life. And so it was really this drive to want to meet women that helped me kind of like Angie and I talked about like the confidence started coming out. And then I applied that to the coaching. So now if I see a woman I'm interested in, I go after that the same way I do my coaching, but not in the way that like I would, I would think a typical male does of, of I like you, like I'm taking you. Like, it's not that it's just this very conscious, like I'm going to bring my most authentic best self to all of these interactions. And that started working. So it really, the two dovetailed together beautifully in my mind. So oftentimes when I'm coaching men that are struggling and my client, John's the same thing His his wife's cheating because he's not being the man that she needs him to be. So when he steps up and does that, the cheating will just end. Or, or my client, my other client in Brazil, who was at his fiance, left him and wanted to start dating. Same thing. We did a whole month just on masculinity to help him get out there. And what's cool is the through line into his coaching was so strong that he started signing clients in the same way by being, having that honesty. I want to take you home and I want you to hire me. Like it was the same. We just brought that to everything and it started, we started making money again. So I, I exactly, love it. Exactly. Exactly what happened to me. Yeah. So, really? Yeah. It was the same, it was the same thing too, with the dovetail, like it was right actually at the beginning of when I was coaching. Um, but it was around that time when I just started being very direct, uh, with women. I'd gone through a whole pickup phase. Yeah. Um, I I studied all that when I was, was, everybody does that, you know, (laughs) dark arts or whatever. Um, but it just, it struck me like as a, as a people pleaser, I just like, I'm just becoming a very masterful people pleaser now. I'm actually yeah. going further down the path rather than, than down a different one. Um, and so I just, yeah, I remember the first time I just went up to a girl and just said, I just think you're gorgeous. I had to tell you, you know, yeah. and I was like, holy shit, I can actually say that whatever <laughs> I want, you know, cause I meant yeah. it. And it wasn't like a trick. It wasn't a, yes, thing. Right. like she's allowed to leave. I'm not trying to get yeah. anything. Yeah. yeah. And then, yeah, I saw like, it's so funny. I, I do a type of dancing called Zouk dancing. It's a bit like salsa, yeah. Brazilian yeah. version of salsa. Okay. Dancing, coaching, dating. Yes. The, the principles are all the same. Yes. You want to be good at dance. You've got to lead boldly. You've got to initiate, yeah. but you've got to pay attention to their following and everything yeah. like that. Same yeah. with coaching, same with dating. It. Yeah. You don't have to be anything. You no. just like absolutely unhesitantly, unapologetically, whatever you are. Yeah, you know, it, it was blew my mind how I could go on a date and be tired, and I'd just be tired. I wouldn't like try to be something else. Yeah, I'd actually that would be the conversation about how tired I am, sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And no apologies. It's just like this. You're getting tired, of me. So that's what tired yeah. me is like. But we still have a good time, you know. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's, uh, I love I love seeing like it might be confirmation bias, but I've got all these theories about being honest and having integrity. Yes. That's my whole thing. It's nice. kind of like you've you being you is what's going to work well for you, and you have to know what that yeah. is. And yeah, I just when I see like there's a lot of people talk about the word authenticity and stuff, and it's just meaningless to them. It's just nonsense word. And you see that in those coaching groups all the time. Yeah, yeah. the most fake people talking about authenticity. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like when I talk to someone like yourself, I'm like, no, no, he he gets it. Like right. 
he, he knows what it means to actually go out and physically do it. Yes. Um, what being direct is, what doing something is that you're scared of doing and, yeah. and all that. And, and like you say, you sort of come to eventually come to this kind of peace with, with what you are. Yeah. How that works. That was well. hard. That mm. was, that was intense. Cause what it turns out, I was at a men's retreat in November of 2017. That led to my divorce. A men's retreat with my coach Gary um, hosts one in Hawaii. And I was there and we did an exercise to figure out what kind of personality traits when we embody them make us the most, the most alive and the most um, intriguing to others. And there were things like danger, sex, intellectual, humorous, um, eccentric, I forget I forget it's like safety or something like that, like a, like a fighter type of mentality. And I was like, Oh, I want to be like a sexy danger. Like that's what I was really hoping for. And when we, when it came out, when we did, we had to do like some role-playing and some, some uh, improv and people would watch us how we moved and acted and then could categorize us. And I came out as humor and eccentric. And I was like, fuck, I do not want this. They're like, this is our detract. No one wants to fuck the funny eccentric guy. <laughs> <laughs> upset about that and and then through this work of really embracing that that's me and embracing and forgiving all the things that I, all the judgments I have on myself have let it come out even I've kind of let that flag come out and fly more and more and uh man it's been incredible what I create from that place how more how much more powerfully I can coach with weird stories and sending toys to clients when they need something to kick their ass or like just the, the crazy stuff I come up with turns out that's my superpower and the same thing with women I'm, I'm going on a date tonight with a woman who's dumped me I broke up with her when I was first divorced we were totally in love and I just sabotaged the whole thing we got back together for like a week and she said this is I don't want this it's too intense because I just came on really strong so I was like I've done all this work on me figured out how in love with her I was started it up again she's like I didn't know this was here like I'm not ready for it and then on Thursday last week she called me and asked me out for drinks and, and we were talking on the phone and she says to me um we need to stop talking or we're not gonna have anything to talk about when we meet up and I said I said if that happens then I'm putting on my tinfoil hat and going down to my bunker because it means that the end of the world is near like if we ever run out of things to talk about so last night my kids and I made tinfoil hats that I'm gonna bring on the date just in case we run out of things right. to talk about. <laughs> just finding crazy shit to do because it fills me with so much joy and, and laughter to do this and then bringing it into the world. That's my authenticity is, is to do that. And I find it, it rather than pushing people away, which I was scared it would do, they'd think I was weird or not connect. And so I'm trying to be this guy that I'm not. Now I've just embraced the whole thing and left being a, a manly man behind. Um, it's working so well. Like it's, it's working in a way I never thought it would. So. I love that, man. Cause like everyone's got like their flavor, man. Once they find their flavor, the funny thing is it will push people away, but you won't see it because those people right. don't matter. You know, like yeah. it's cliched, but you're going to repulse the people you need to repulse with that. Yeah. And the, only, yeah. the only ones you know about are the ones who didn't run away. Right. Um, so it's funny because my one was actually, <laughs> I, I was really invested in being the lovely, sweet guy, the funny, oh, okay. lovely, sweet, you know, the very sort of soft one. Yeah. Um, and I ended up sort of finding out that I'm something that like a lot of guys want to be, but I didn't want to be, which is okay. kind of like heavy masculinity. Like wow. I can be really quite ruthless 
and, and I'm quite uh, like I used to be terrified of confrontations and now I'm looking for them. And I don't mean like conflict, like violence or anything, but right, right. I love setting boundaries. I like putting people in their place. I, I like sort of calling out shit. And I really thought that that was like the worst kind of guy. You know, I used to believe that, but really I was just sort of afraid of my own dark side. Right. Right. Now I've got that. It's just like I've got a sense of calm all the time. Yeah. I'm just kind of like just, um, I think of it as like unfuckwithable. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, I, and I used to be very fuckwithable. Like, you know, I used yeah. to be so easily manipulated and just so controlled you know if i was attracted to a girl she could own me you know yes that was me if you, yeah. if you gave me the time of day I, I was in like that's all you wouldn't I'm even you. be trying you know she doesn't yeah. even know i exist and she's controlling my life you know yeah, yeah. um it was she devastating but yeah. yeah i made my peace with what i am uh yeah. which is you know it was just it was nice but like there's no like i'm not trying to be yes like uh, like so many of my clients are trying to be like like yeah. heavy on masculine traits, especially when they're not, which is just like, dude, you're fighting the storm. Like go right. with the, go with the direction of the river, man. Like you'll be fine. Totally. You'll like it, you know? Yeah. But it's so funny. And the same it. applies to coaching, you know, and I was trying to be the nice, yep. loving kind of caring coach. It just wasn't my flavor. It didn't work yeah. for me. Like until I started, like I'd get frustrated with a client. I'm like, I just got to call some shit out. And then that would yeah. be the best moment of the session. And I'd be like, yeah. oh, that's what I'm fucking <laughs> I've been it's wanting crazy. to do it for like six months with this person. Yeah. I was yeah. just scared that they would cry, you know? And yeah. Now I'm making people cry like at least, I don't know, once every couple of weeks. You know? <laughs> <laughs> they don't mind, I yeah. guess. I don't know. But mine is still, mine's still pretty hot in me. There's my work in a session and on a date is constant forgiveness of the judgments that come up about myself. Uh-huh. Just constantly, constantly, I'll catch myself not liking how I said something or a joke didn't land or with a client, I'll get lost. And it's just constant. I forgive myself for judging myself as not doing this right or not knowing what I'm doing. And, and that is opening up space in ways that I couldn't have imagined to let people connect with me. I'm not I mean I'm a big guy like I'm the CrossFit has changed my body to where I'm, I'm I look a certain way but I was out last Friday at a bar and I for the first time in my since college there were two fights broke out in this bar it wasn't like a CD oh, yeah. bar it was going on but one of them was an old friend of mine I wasn't super close with we knew each other from the gym but the woman I'm with had dated him and really had had been in love with this man and he'd started a fight and she's like go help him go help him and I looked at it and I just thought I really don't want to. I'm like 38. My back's fucked up. Like I need to go home to my kids tonight. And I said, I think they got it. Like I'm just going to figure it out. And, and then, then instantly I had all these thoughts of, she's not going to think I'm a man enough. She's not going to, she's not going to want to hang out with a guy who won't step up and protect her friend. And I had all this. So then it was such good work. Like you talk about looking for conflict. I look for discomfort now because I went, mm. Oh goody. Like I can work through all of this now. And so I just let all the thoughts come and just forgive, forgive, forgive all of that. And she ended up going outside to check on him. And she's out there for like half an hour. And I am sitting in, alone in this bar. And I went, I just think I'm, I think I'm done for the night. And I just packed everything up and I grabbed her phone and I walked it out to her. And I said, Hey, this was a great evening. Like I really enjoyed the, the first part of it. It seems like you're really into this guy and, and I want to, I'm not really interested in being a third wheel. So I'm going to go ahead and take off. And, uh, and, you know, thanks so much for coming out. And 
it was, I would never have done that. I wasn't angry. It wasn't like I was hurt and embarrassed or I needed to show her that she couldn't do this. All the things I would have done before to protect myself, it was absolutely a pure, like authentic, this is what I'm feeling and it feels like the date's over and I feel like I want to go home. And so, and as I was leaving, she, she came up and really in a really genuine way said, I'm sorry, can we, can we please hang out a little more and talk more? And we did for a couple more hours and it was fantastic, but it was, it was, I'd never done that before in a social situation. And it was, it was so empowering to show up that way. But I love it because yeah. it's self-respect, like whatever you are, it's what gets respected. Like you don't have to change it, you know? And yeah. I think that's great. Like, I think it's so much more courageous and manly, if you want to use that word, for a guy to admit that he doesn't want to go into the fight than for a guy to fake like he's aggressive. You know, like the guy faking aggressive is so insecure. The hold me back guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Hold me back. Definitely hold me back. Come on, hold me back. (laughs) Seriously, no one's holding him. He's lost. Um, You know, that like I always say arrogance is the opposite of confidence, you know, and yeah. it's, it's funny. Like for me, what I realized is that's why I go on about honesty all the time. It doesn't yeah. matter, you, matter what you are. It's honesty. That's going to sort your life out. It's going to make people come and go as needed. Yeah. Um, and so you don't have to like get the thought solved. You just say it, you know, we, yeah. we did a workshop um, earlier this year when I was in New Zealand and we realized we didn't plan this for the workshop, but it was about connecting with people okay. as a social workshop. And this problem kept coming up where people say like, what if blah, 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 blah. And they always just kept doing these like hypothetical things or what if I'm thinking this or what if I'm feeling that? And we're like, shit, you keep trying to solve these things. Yeah. That's your problem. Like you're an engineer but this yeah. isn't engineering. This is social yeah. connection. There's no solutions because there's no problems. Right, right. right. You know, you're not building a fucking bridge. Yeah. Just either you two are good for each other or you're not. There's no problem yeah. solving involved. It's already been decided. Yeah. You just meet and figure it out. Yeah. And so we came up with this thing, which was, um, don't solve it, say it. Cool. So whatever you are, like, uh, I love that idea. Like, oh, I'm feeling a bit bummed out being by myself here at this bar. So I'm going to bounce. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of like trying to change that, you just say that, you know, yeah. you just, yeah. no, I'm not going to get in a fight with two random dudes who can't handle their alcohol. Like, why would I do that? And right. I actually have a little bit worried. You're going to think I'm a pussy now, but it is what it is. It's so you funny because I shared all of that. I told all of that to her. Like I'm worried mm. you're gonna think I'm, I'm not, but I'm just not going to. Yeah. yeah. You don't need really? to salt. Cause if she's good for you, that's only right. going to draw her in. You right. know, this is one of the things I realized because what happened to me after my pickup phase, I became so disillusioned with like deceiving people into liking me. Yeah. I had this really bad moment where I took a girl home from bar yeah. uh, on total bullshit. I had bullshitted her all night, just all the stuff I had learned off the internet and stuff. Yeah. Um, I was just like bantering and all this, like very stri- like they yeah. talk about like the duck on the pond looks calm, but it's like this under the surface. <laughs> so, so I was like that. I was just all strategy, like a fucking robot. <laughs> And we got home and she was actually ready to sleep with me, you know? Right. And I was just like, like, I'm no feminist, but this is like rape, you know? Like, you don't know who I am. Yeah. But you're sleeping with me under false pretenses. Like, that's a legitimate court case, I'd say, you know? <laughs> like, if I pretended to be like a millionaire yeah. or celebrity, yeah. it's no different. I just couldn't, I just realized I've crossed a line. Like, my values just can't 
and I was real lost after that because I was just like, well, that didn't work. Yeah. Being a nice guy didn't work. Yeah. The fuck? Lonely forever. Yeah, and, and, yeah. <laughs> well, the funny thing is I kind of went like, okay, instead of fighting this thing, what if I just go with single forever and yeah. try to be someone I like being like, yeah. if no one else is going to like me, yeah. what am I like, you know, at least, at least have like salvage this fucking thing. Right. <laughs> Um, and that's when I just started being real honest with people. That's funny. Have you seen, um, it's on Netflix, Ricky Gervais. It's called Afterlife. No. Is he a comedian? He yeah, yeah, yeah. UK comedian. Uh, okay. But there's a program oh, called okay. Afterlife. Okay. And what it is, is a guy, his, his wife dies. Okay. He's devastated. He's suicidal. But he realizes, well, if I'm going to kill myself, I can do anything because I don't care at all anymore. So he just decides basically he's just going to say everything he thinks. He's going to do whatever he feels like doing, no adjustments whatsoever, no moderation. Yeah. And it's just a great exploration into like full-blown, like unrestricted honesty. You know, right. every thought he just, he's quite negative, but it's just funny to watch. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but I was like that. And it wasn't, it wasn't like I was negative, but like, I'd be at a team meeting. There'd be some executive that's like three levels above me. Right. And I'd just talk to him like he was a normal person and, and I'd tell him off in front of all yeah. his other cronies yeah. and stuff. And I just yeah. like fire me. I don't give a fuck. Like I have yeah. all these things I've been wanting to say for years and I just got to get them out. Yeah. And the funny thing is that worked really well for my career. Yep. You know, they started to see me as this like integrity guy they could trust. Yeah. Yep. And I started being honest with women and it yep. pushed more away than drew in. Right. But I feel confident that I didn't push anyone away that I'm going to miss out on. You know, like yeah. if someone's pushed away by you saying, look, I don't want to get in a fight. That's not someone who's going to love you for who you are in the long term. Right. Probably, you know, right. Yeah. Or there's 7 billion people out there. So even if you're wrong, don't worry I, about this, you know, got to break a few eggs. I was, I hadn't considered I was pushing people away. I just felt like, cause before, I guess for me, before I had nobody, nobody was coming in and mm. now everyone's coming in. So it just felt like it was working. So I, I think I was lucky enough to be pushing everyone away from whoever I was trying to be. And then when I stopped that, everybody came in. So, yeah. I had to make a transition because I'd been so fake. Like first I'd been this like nice guy, kind of like a comedian. Yeah. So I, and I was good. Like I can make a lot of people laugh, but yeah. like on the inside, I'm like a sad clown, you know, <laughs> trying yeah. to like drink in enough approval to get me through the yes. night sort of thing. Yeah you know yeah. like just getting by on it like a drug addict and then and then i went to the the pickup thing and that it brought a lot of fucked up people into my life like right. the the thing with that pickup stuff the the girls it works on are not healthy that's what i was wondering you know? i never i never actually was had the guts to go try it i read about it but i never used it i, I was in up to my neck i was deep in really? it you know yeah. I, I made the mistake of like teaming up with a few guys off the internet. They creeped me oh. the fuck out, you know, cause I was never quite like, I, I never really was misogynistic or right. super fucked up about girls. I just struggled yeah. with them. I always loved yeah. them. And, and yeah. I could, I could be a normal person too, you know, right. I, I met some guys where I'm just like, well, you are fucked up. You know? right. yeah. um, but anyway, and, and yeah, like I go to nightclubs, bring home whatever these girls that are on drugs mm -hmm. and stuff. And you're like, well, I'm obviously I'm not meaning like psychologically speaking the cream of the crop, you know, like a girl at 3 a.m. like on speed in the club looking for a boyfriend, you know, her yeah. life is not sorted out. She's, she's not living the dream, you know. You might look good, but 
that's, so I, good. that's all she's got like a couple yeah. of years she's she's really gonna be struggling once the wrinkles right. come in or whatever so I was just like, you know, and that's when I started like with the honesty thing, started getting into dancing, which I'd always wanted to do, but I was scared people would think I was gay, you know, and I was like, I think that, and then I met healthy people that liked me for just whatever, tired, antisocial, they still liked me. Right. Oh, that's so great. I can see a lot of parallels, you know? No, same, yeah, like I was saying, same journey. Like I just started going all out with what felt good and what felt fun. And it's, it's amazing what it, yeah, what it draws in and what it, what it pushes away. It's incredible. Absolutely. And that's yeah. what I love. You know, you don't see what it pushes away. They just, they pushed no, away. I didn't, even, I didn't even think that was happening, but it totally would, it totally would be. Yeah. I mean, but occasionally I'll notice like maybe I'll be at a dance event. There's a close community. So you get to recognize people. Yeah. And I realize oh, that guy's always on the opposite side of the room from me, you know, like yeah. <laughs> he probably yeah. doesn't like me or something. Right. Like, <laughs> Like I'll just notice that like you know somebody seems to be putting effort into avoiding me, but I, yeah. I have to look for it, right? Because okay. I'm already sort of whatever I'll connect it to three or four people deeply enough that that's my whole night booked out. You know, it doesn't. It's so authentic. I think it's hard. People have to. It's hard to not like someone who's just them, like just them. Maybe it's my sales background. I, I taught myself in sales. I would teach my agents. I would train insurance agents on how to sell one-on-one. Mm. And I said, the key is to be too stupid to realize people don't like you. Because mm. I would find myself when I would embody that, I could walk into a business, have them. I had one guy I walk in my favorite, one of my favorite ones, I walk into this stereo shop and I say, is the owner in? I want to talk to him about his coverage. And and the guy behind the counter kind of pauses and stares at me. And I see a guy at a desk behind him literally just go like this, like holds up a file in front of his face. And I said, you look like the guy who owns this place. And he's like, he's like what do you want? And I, so I started talking to him. He ended up taking me back into his private theater room and we watched Batman Begins and he made me popcorn and I hung out there for the afternoon. Like I just learned to ignore if you don't like me, like I just wouldn't pay attention to, which I'm sure is super off-putting to some people who are trying to give me the signal that this is not gonna, this is not gonna work and I just don't recognize it. But Mm. overall, I find it's, you tend to warm them up when you just show up overwhelming happiness to, to be there with them. It's hard to, it's hard not to, but yeah. Well, yeah, your kind of people will like it, you know, and it's, yeah, for me, like, I can find, there'll be somebody who everybody else just can't stand. Yeah. Like, they'll think of them as obnoxious, but I love yeah. them just because they're real. Even if I disagree with every word that comes out of their mouth, like, <laughs> yes. the, the the singer from my old band, like, he's a strongly disliked guy, because he's just <laughs> like, he's just so anti-everything, like, whatever yeah. you bring up, he'll just... Yeah push your buttons and you know and just and he's just got zero he's got a really short fuse and he's got zero like filter so he just causes enemies all the time because he just he doesn't have any sort of like uh maybe this isn't the right company to say that and he just (laughs) goes and they never speak to him again i fucking love it you know (laughs) you never never, ever have to guess what he's thinking or how he feels about something Ever. Oh, so you know, it's obvious as fucking <laughs> for me, like that's all I need to know about someone, like yeah. you know. Whereas yeah. somebody could be treat me really well. Yeah. If I feel like it's an act, yeah. like all my walls come up. You yeah. Know? And yeah. I was like, I've I've done this act. I know what's behind yeah. this. Right. You're trying to get something and, and it's right. it's gonna cost me more than it costs you. That's for fucking right. my mouth. So, so, so it's so funny how like who I'm attracted to has changed since I've changed. Like now I like honest people, whereas I used to like people who are playing my game. Right. 
yep. and play me and, and you yep. know, placate me and validate me. Right. Now I prefer the person's like, oh, you're a bit of a dick. I'm like, oh, let's be mates, you know? <laughs> 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 like, oh, God. I don't yeah. know. You're thinking, like, hate me all you want. Can we just hang out, though? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's weird. So it's so weird. Oh, my God. I love it. Mm. It's fun. Hey, look, man, I've got to go hang out with yeah. the girlfriend now. I've been neglecting her all day, but... Um, yeah, yeah. You're good. Yeah, this, this is... Good. Yeah. This good chat, bro. And yeah. uh, very helpful. It's, it's It was just validating, like, cool. I know I'm doing a lot of the same things as you. Sure. And I can see key differences cool. uh, that are small but significant. And um, and it's cool yeah. just to just to meet you, man, just to, yeah. to hear your story. Yeah. And to this see you bounce back from... What you've been going through the last couple of years as yeah. well no i've just never been happier like i wake up every day just in so much joy it's just amazing yeah i couldn't ask for more it's great excellent but, well okay we'll do it i'll keep you that was good bro all right Thanks, I'll be I, really, I really really did enjoy this it was just a, it was absolutely a joy so thank you for for coordinating but, yeah no I, I appreciate that and uh yeah angie kind of since she said that she felt we were like quite similar yeah, yeah. Down to like the tattoos and the no hair and everything. So yeah. um, she was like, yeah. you need to talk to this dude. So, uh, yeah, so she was good. right, I think. But yeah, I don't think this will be the last time we chat. And, um, no, no, well. We'll see where we go from there.